Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknett. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, folks. So we're in the final days of 2018, and I thought it'd be a good time to take a moment to reflect back on this past year uh, with the Miracle Moment and highlight some of the most important episodes. If you're like me, one thing you struggle with in this day and age is trying to manage all the information that we now have access to. On the one hand, it's an incredible blessing that we have virtually the entire store of human knowledge at our fingertips. And on top of that, there's great new content being produced all the time. And there's far more than we can ever get to in a single lifetime. So it's easy after we consume something, whether it's a book, an article, or an episode of a podcast, to just move right on to the next thing. But if we want whatever we've just consumed to matter, if we want it to function as more than just entertainment, then we do need time to sit with it a bit. Plus, it's rare for things to sink in fully the first time around. One of the key principles of learning anything is repetition. And in particular, repetition that's spaced out in time is of particular use. So, in light of all that, I thought I'd take this end of the year to highlight a few key episodes of the podcast, and I'll be releasing these over the next several days as we approach 2019. These are all episodes that contain messages that I see as especially important to anyone's success in slaying the beast once and for all, which I know for many of you will be a goal for 2019. Today's episode I'm airing is The Three Keys to Ditching Sugar. So if you've read the book or you've spent much time at our website or in our Facebook group, then you know that getting rid of sugar, specifically added sugar, is one of the essentials to being successful with the Migraine Miracle Plan. It's a critical piece in breaking carbohydrate dependency and developing the metabolic flexibility, which is one of the three pillars of protection against migraine. It's been an essential piece in the success of everyone we've worked with, and it's also one of those things that's definitely harder for some than others. But for those who've done it and kicked the sugar habit, almost all are surprised by how drastically the cravings go away once you've kind of broken the habit. Many scientists compare what happens in the brain with sugar to what happens with any other addictive substances. Those changes can produce powerful cravings when the addiction is in full swing, but once you weaken those brain circuits, things get a whole lot easier. And we've heard from quite a number of people who say, if I can break the sugar habit, so can you. And many folks have used the strategies that I cover in this episode to break that addiction. Before we get to that episode, just a reminder that in January, we're launching our first Breaking Rebound Challenge. So we hold regular 30-day challenges inside of Migrant Everland for our members, and we do these about once a month. And the first one we're doing in January is the Breaking Rebound Challenge. As you'll hear in so many of our success stories, Breaking Rebound, or the vulnerability to future migraines that are caused by the abortive medications, is an absolutely critical step in getting to migraine freedom. And it's no coincidence that this is the very first step that so many of our most successful members have taken. As I talked about a couple of episodes ago where I discussed the concept of the future migraine risk score, which is a reflection of the amount by which each dose of medication we take predisposes us to a future migraine, there's very little in the way of help for folks who are trying to break out of rebound and move to a drug-free path to migraine freedom. 
And one way to provide that help is simply to give folks a community of people who are going through the same thing. While there are a lot of online migraine communities out there, many of them are unfortunately centered around drug solutions. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably looking for a solution without drugs because you're concerned about the long-term risks and because you know that the drugs ultimately undermine your ability to achieve lasting freedom from migraines for the reasons we've discussed before. So during this challenge, you'll have a community of people who have the same goals as you, and we'll provide all the resources, tips, and strategies that we've accumulated over the past several years in helping so many folks through this. So if that sounds of interest to you, we'd love to have you as part of the challenge. And to learn more about uh, Migraine Everland and all the resources that we offer, just go to MyMigraineMiracle.com and click on the Resources tab at the top. Also, I've created a page that lists out the challenges for the next year, and you can find that by going to MyMigraineMiracle.com forward slash schedule. And lastly, I wanted to share a recent quote from someone who just finished the Beast Slayer Training Academy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Academy is one of the features of Migraine Everland. As I've said before, the book, The Migraine Miracle, is where you learn the why behind the Migraine Miracle Plan and gain the essential knowledge that you need. And then Migraine Everland and the resources that come with it, including the Beast Slayer Training Academy, are where you'll learn how to put it all into action and have a family of supporters behind you. So at the end of the academy, as people are finishing it up, there's a survey to fill out about the course. And this quote comes from Julia uh, from a few days ago, where she says, I learned so many things from your course and am immensely grateful that you have put it out there. I am 50 years old and have had migraines since I was 5 years old. I thought Relpax was a godsend after having tried Imitrex, Zomig, and Maxalt, and Topamax, Prozac, Amitriptyline, SPG blocks, Cephaly, and Botox. I took Relpax for maybe the past 14 years, but I was getting more and more migraines, up to 20 a month, and recently wondered if the Relpax might be causing rebound headaches. I have wonderful doctors, including a terrific neurologist at the UC San Francisco Headache Center, and nobody ever informed me about the risk of rebound headaches. Although perhaps there is some tiny font language in the patient package insert I read so many years ago with my first prescription, I never knew I was making things worse by taking this medication. Your book should be picked up by a big publisher and marketed internationally, and you should be on national television. I only found you out of desperation, and it should be easier to find you than that. Thank you so much. So thanks so much, Julia, for sharing that with us. I totally agree that this information should be much easier to find. Unfortunately, there are some pretty big pockets that don't want this information easily found, and that's, of course, part of the problem. But slowly but surely, that's changing. So keep sharing your story with anyone who will listen, and uh, I think things will change for the better. Okay, with that dose of inspiration, let's get to the episode, Three Keys to Ditching Sugar. Uh, Most of you probably know that getting sugar and refined carbohydrates, of which sugar is one, uh, out of your diet is an essential piece of the Migraine Miracle Plan. Um, If that's news to you, uh, then I'd recommend that you um, grab the the diet guide I just mentioned over at beastslayers.com and then head over uh, to the Migraine Miracle uh, uh, Moment homepage, which is at mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash moment, and listen, read, or watch some of the uh, early episodes. But just to summarize, if you recall, the three pillars to migraine freedom are eliminating rebound, establishing metabolic fat uh, flexibility or fat adaptation, and eliminating mismatched foods and behaviors. 
And ditching sugar and refined carbohydrates is an essential element of two of those pillars, which are establishing metabolic flexibility and eliminating mismatch foods. Um, as our consumption of sugar is one of the biggest ways in which our modern lives deviate from that of our ancestors, creating a significant mismatch. And it's the consumption of sugar that renders so many people metabolically inflexible or incapable of tapping into stored body fat for energy, which leaves everyone uh, riding the blood sugar roller coaster every day, uh, which is a huge setup for migraines. Um, so nobody would argue that eating sugar isn't rewarding uh, or pleasurable, and that's thanks to how our brain is wired. So by default, our brain naturally perceives sugar as pleasurable. The problem is that the reward circuitry for sugar evolved during a time when sugar was very scarce. So it made sense for us to consume it, uh, whatever we could of it, whenever we could. But now, in our modern world, where sugar is abundant and very easy to get, those reward circuits are no longer working to our benefit. So they're leading uh, so many people to consume far too much of it. Again, this is a perfect example of an environmental mismatch. So where our reward circuits exist to reinforce behaviors that are good for us, um, and those reward circuits for sugar, which make us feel pleasure when we eat it, were beneficial to us in the world of our wild ancestors where sugar was hard to come by. But those exact same circuits are now incredibly harmful because while consuming a little bit of sugar once in a great while isn't an issue, consuming a lot of it frequently is a huge problem. So our reward circuits are having the opposite effect on our health because they are mismatched to the environment we now find ourselves in. And uh, as I've said before, most of the diseases that we see as physicians nowadays, migraines included, occur as a direct consequence of these kind of environmental mismatches. So recognizing them and eliminating them is a cornerstone, not just to migraine prevention, but to uh, general health and wellness overall. And for many people, those pleasure pathways that are triggered by sugar have been reinforced and strengthened over a lifetime, um, usually beginning in childhood, and so they've become incredibly powerful. Uh, but the good news uh, is it's entirely possible to weaken uh, those pathways, and it really doesn't take all that long to, for that to happen, uh, especially if we use some key strategies that have an excellent track record when it comes to changing our behavior. Um, I know with the holidays behind us and a new year in front of us that uh, many of you have resolved that this is the year to commit fully to starting a new chapter when it comes to your health and your migraines. And maybe you've been contemplating making the change for a while now, but we're looking for the right time to start. Um, or perhaps uh, you're recommitting yourself to it after having tried and fallen off. Um, I know that's an issue for some folks, and one of the biggest reasons that people struggle, either with getting started or staying with it once they do, has to do with giving up sugar. It's also uh, clearly one of those things that exists along a spectrum. Um, while giving it up may come fairly easy to some, for others uh, it's much harder and in can end up being their Achilles heel. So, as we'll talk about in this episode, those differences, uh, where you fit on that spectrum, has a lot to do with whether your thoughts about sugar or the story of sugar and sweets that you tell yourself are working for you or against you as you try to ditch it from your diet. 
And so that's why the first two of our three strategies relate to mindset or our attitudes uh, regarding sugar. Another way of thinking of mindset is as the stories we tell our th- ourselves about the things in our lives. And those stories we tell are incredibly powerful, uh, profoundly impacting how we behave, oftentimes in ways we're not even aware of. And the wonderful thing about this is that once you recognize how powerful these stories are, and the fact that you, that you are the one deciding what story to tell, it opens up so much possibility in the realm of personal and behavioral transformation. You may have heard me uh, say before that mindset is the single biggest predictor of success with the Migraine Miracle Plan, um, as mindset can either be your greatest ally or your greatest inter- uh, enemy. You ultimately decide the stories you tell, and so you get to choose if you tell yourself a story that works to your advantage or disadvantage. So the first strategy is to change the story you're telling about yourself, or more specifically, about your relationship to sugar and sweets. So the story that many who struggle with breaking the sugar habit goes something like this. I'm someone who struggles constantly with sugar cravings and must always use my willpower to fight against them. Sugar and sweets have power over me. I've tried before to break the habit and failed, and that's probably how it will continue to be. So in this case, even if you resolve to break the habit, if this is the story you continue to carry around, then that story will almost certainly continue to prove true. In other words, the very fact that you're telling this story is playing a big role in that story coming true. On the other hand, if you resolve to break the habit and today change your story to, I'm someone who avoids sugar and sweets. I've struggled unsuccessfully in the past to break the habit, but now I'm finally conquering it. You'll have drastically improved your odds of being successful and just by something as simple as changing your story. Now you may think, uh, but that's exactly what's happened in my life. Sugar has had a powerful impact on me and I have struggled mightily to break the habit. So telling myself anything else wouldn't be true. But the mistake in that line of thinking is to think of these stories as one directional. In other words, to view these stories that we tell ourselves, or your story of sugar in this case, as simply a set of observations about your life. When the reality is, and there's decades of psychological research to support this, the story you tell directly influences what happens to you. So the incredible thing about mindset is that over time, you become the the stories you tell about yourself. And so changing your stories is one of the simplest and most powerful ways you can change your life for the better. Furthermore, if you struggled over and over and over at, at something and haven't succeeded, almost certainly it has little to do with your ability to succeed and a whole lot more to do with the story you're telling yourself about that thing. So that's the first uh, strategy, and as I mentioned earlier, the second strategy is also a mindset strategy, and that's to change the story you're telling about sugar itself. Another thing that gets in the way of people breaking the sugar habit is the story people tell themselves about sugar. So one common story uh, that people might have, the one that makes kicking the habit really hard, is what I'd call the story of deprivation, and it goes something like this. Those people who get to enjoy eating sweets and sugar are so lucky, and it's so unfair that I have to avoid them because of my migraines. I'm so unlucky to have migraines. Everyone else gets to enjoy sweets, but I have to deprive myself. 
So it's not hard to see why this kind of story would be counterproductive and why it would make uh, ditching sugar really hard. And again, we get to choose the stories we tell, and there's no reason we sh must choose this one. In fact, there's another story of sugar, one that I'd argue is a lot closer to the truth anyways, that makes ditching the habit a lot easier, especially compared to the story of deprivation that I just described. So for this new story about sugar, I'm going to give an analogy. Imagine that running full speed off of a cliff was the most exhilarating and pleasurable experience you could ever imagine. So much so that most people's brains were wired so that just starting to run towards a cliff felt really good. And because of this, people were dying left and right because everyone was jumping off a cliff uh, because there was nothing in their brain signaling that it was dangerous or that it shouldn't be done. Now imagine there's a small group of people who, instead of feeling pleasure when they run towards the edge of a cliff, feel an intense pain in their head and so have no temptation whatsoever to jump off. Now, if you were one of those people, it would make no sense to bemoan the fact that you don't get to jump off, that those other people who do are the lucky ones because they don't feel any pain. But this is just a more extreme example of the situation with sugar. There are all sorts of pleasurable things out there that we don't do because we know in the long run they'll be hard, harmful. Things like you know drugs of abuse and gambling and all manner of dangerous behaviors that may feel great in the moment or in the short term, but that we know are ultimately destructive. And for the most part, you probably don't have any trouble avoiding doing those things. And that's precisely because of the story you're telling yourself about those things. And the same goes for anything else you're trying to avoid, including sugar. If I were to tell you that your you know, next bite of brownie would lead to your death or the death of your loved one, I'd bet a good money that you'd kick the habit for good without any trouble. And again, in this case, it would have nothing, nothing would have changed but the story that you're telling yourself about sugar. Because implicit in this uh, notion that you're being deprived and that the people who uh, get to enjoy sugar without migraines are lucky is that they're getting something good. Um, if you truly thought they were being harmed by it, uh, as in these other examples, um, that wouldn't be the case. So another story you could tell, tell yourself to replace the story of deprivation is that you're fortunate in that you have an early detection system. So for most people, sugar uh, ends up being a silent killer, promoting disease uh, in multiple organs without symptoms for many years until uh, it's uh, many times too late to do anything about it. And of course, that's a very different way of uh, viewing things than the story of deprivation. But once again, you get to choose which story to tell yourself. If you choose the old one, the story of deprivation, that the story that sugar really isn't so bad, you'll make it much harder on yourself and make the journey one of unpleasantness and struggle. If you decide on the other story, you'll make it much easier on yourself and make the journey one of appreciation, gratitude, and ease. So those are the first two key strategies, again, uh, involving changing mindset or the story that you're telling yourself. And the third key strategy is to change your environment. So when it comes to changing our behavior, if, or if we want to stop doing one thing in favor of another, we essentially have two ways we can go about it. First, we can use the sheer force of our will to make the change. So in the case of sugar and sweets, we can say, you know, 
I'm just going to exercise better self-control from now on. Uh, when those donuts are sitting in the break room table or when I pass by the cookies in the pantry, I'm just going to resolve from this day forward to resist temptation. The other way we can go about it is to change our environment and to change our environment in ways that make the decisions that we want to make easy and the choices that we don't want to make hard. So let me give you an example. Imagine if you made it your New Year's resolution to go to the gym and do 40 flights of stairs on the Stairmaster every day. Now, that'd be a great goal and would be wonderful for your health. Now, doing this is going to require that you completely change your daily routine. So you have to figure out a way to carve out that hour or two that you need to tra travel back and forth to the gym and do your exercises. So maybe you decide you're going to wake up two hours early or you try to do it uh, at night after work. Needless to say, achieving this goal is going to take a significant amount of effort and willpower. And I'm sure everyone is aware of how dismal the statistics are uh, in people following through on these sorts of resolutions. Every gym knows they're going to see a surge in memberships come January, and by February, almost all of those people aren't going to be around anymore. So very few people would be able to meet the goal that I just described uh, using the force of will approach. Now imagine another scenario where you move into an apartment that's on the 40th floor of the apartment building and the building has no elevator. And let's say you have no choice but to live here. Now do you think you'd make your 40 flights of stairs a day goal? Of course you would. So not only would it require zero willpower because you have no choice in the matter, you do it automatically. It would be built in to the daily routine of your life. And I bring up this example just to demonstrate how significantly our environment can shape our behavior. And that when we're trying to make some type of major change, it's far more effective for us to set up our environment in ways that promote our desired behavior than it is for us to use our force of will to accomplish it. The key to this strategy is simply to make the behavior you're trying to stop, in this case eating sugar or sweets, harder and make the behavior you're trying to replace it with, where applicable, easier. So if you're trying to give up sweets and sugar, think about the scenarios where you give in and ask what can I do to keep myself out of that situation and then design your environment or your lifestyle accordingly. Obviously, if you don't have sugar and sweets available, if you have no access to it, it'll be that much harder to eat them. Furthermore, the more you can integrate the good decisions, the behaviors you do want, into the routine of your life and make it as inevitable as possible, obviously the easier it will be to do those things. All right, so those are three really powerful strategies anyone can use to ditch the sugar habit. So to review, the first strategy is to change the story you tell about your relationship to sugar from a story that goes something like, giving up sugar has and always will be really hard for me to, I may have struggled with it in the past, but it's no longer who I am. The second is to change your story of sugar from one of deprivation, like, I'm so unlucky that I can't have sugar because I have migraines and can't enjoy it like everyone else, to, Excess sugar is incredibly damaging to, to health, and I'm fortunate that I have an early detection system that protects my long-term health. And then the third strategy is to change your environment, to make consuming nutrient-dense whole foods easy and eating sugar and sweets really hard. 
Okay, so that's it for this best of episode from 2018. Once again, if you want to make 2019 the year you commit to slaying the beast for good, we'd love to have you as part of Migraine Everland. Just head over to MyMigraineMiracle.com and click on the resources tab at the top to learn more and to get signed up. And I will be back tomorrow with another best of 2018 episode. Thank you.